Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. Guys, I have to talk about professional grappling this episode. Where is professional grappling in 2024? Where do I see it going? I got to talk about the PGF. I got to talk about something that I saw Paulo Meow share today. Um, All in regards to professional grappling. Before I do that, I have to tell you guys about something that I have changed with my stretching routine i've added in a new movement it has completely changed the way my hips feel they have never felt better they feel so healthy now and i implore you to experiment give this a chance and i think it'll do wonders for you now you guys know five or six months ago i did an episode where i talked about strength and conditioning and that i was working on my hip flexors Spending time really focused on lengthening and strengthening my hip flexors. And I was doing this for athletic performance as well as um, just like running performance and being able to perform MMA movements better, like especially with kicks. Like the hip flexors are so important when you're throwing kicks. And so, yeah, I was spending a lot of time on it. Well, it's still been doing that. Uh, but about three months ago, I watched a video, uh, a video from the knees over toe guy, Ben Patrick, and it was on YouTube. And it was like a 10 minute video about the five stretches that he recommends everybody uh, to do for low uh, lower body ability. And the main stretch, like the number one stretch that he recommends everyone do is the couch stretch. And it was for lengthening the hip flexor. And so I had to add it to my routine. So I decided that I was going to change my routine up completely, that I was going to do these five movements that he recommended and really spend um, a good five, like three to five minutes per side doing this couch stretch. And I've been doing it for three months now, and the results have been extraordinary. I'm telling you the way that I feel the way my hips feel, it's just night and day difference. You guys know, right, especially you guard players, you guys that play a lot of guard, you know when you're pummeling off your back and you're inverting a lot, like the hips and the back get tight. And especially if you're training multiple days in a row, they get really tight. And for years, I could always feel after I've trained a couple days in a row, could feel how tight my hips were and I would really have to warm up and I'd really have to start slow those first couple of rounds to get my guard feeling okay like for those pummels and uh, it just it kind of sucked right like I'd get done with training and then that night my hips would be super tight and be like oh man my back would then tighten up and it just didn't feel good but now I'm telling you that has completely gone away my hips feel so much better when I'm playing guard and they feel so much better on just a day-to-day basis whenever I'm squatting now I feel like I can get deeper into squats Um, just please give this a shot add the couch stretch into your stretching routine like I said I've just been doing three to five minutes per side sometimes I am doing it multiple times per day um, but most days just once Professional grappling. Guys, uh, 2024 has started off with a bang. Obviously, this is a ADCC year. So anytime ADCC World Championships are happening in the calendar year, it's always an exciting year for grappling. But 
already this January, um, a couple days ago, Brandon and the PGF, Brandon, Conscious Keelan, and those, really just those two, right? And their new business partner, Zoltan Bathory, and his wife uh, announced huge news for the PGF. Now, the PGF is obviously near and dear to my heart. I was the first commentator for the PGF. I believe I commentated, what, the first four seasons? This last season, I participated as a coach. Um, and I don't really know what's in store for me in the future seasons, but that doesn't even matter to me, right? I just, I really enjoy uh, and, and really am proud of, of what Keelan and Brandon have been able to accomplish. And a couple days ago, they did the unthinkable. They announced that the upcoming PGF season, there will be an over a $100,000 prize purse. So the way it's going to work is there's going to be, I believe, 20 athletes, just like last season. Each athlete will minimum receive $1,000. And the winning team, which will comprise five grapplers, each one of those guys on the winning team will receive $20,000. So there's $100,000 right there, plus the $1,000 for the extra fifteen. dollars So there's $115,000. And then the winner of the tournament at the end of the season, I believe, will receive an, another $20,000. So an, uh, an athlete has a chance to walk away with $40,000. So just looking at last season, right? Elijah Carlton ended up being the top point getter. He was on the team with uh, that received the most points. And so every single one of those guys would have received $20,000. Then Elijah went on to win the tournament at the end. He ended up beating Kamoy Anderson in the finals by, uh, he ended up finishing Kamoy Anderson in the finals by submission. He would have won another $20,000. So he had walked away with $40,000. And I know they're talking about possibly like adding in something else really cool for the guys that win. Um, but just that right off the bat is in ADCC territory. Right off the bat. And the thing about professional grappling in 2024, and um, I'm going to talk a lot more about the PGF, and I really want to talk about the things I want to see from the PGF and the things that I think can really make it the premier grappling show. But I, I want to talk about Paulo Miao, right? So Paulo Miao is a legend in the sport. The Miao brothers, Paulo and Joao, uh, they're twins. And I remember hearing about these guys when I was like a blue belt. I believe they were purple belts at the time. And I remember just hearing about these two kids, these two Brazilian kids who would show up to tournaments and people were like, yeah, like these two young Brazilian twins would be on the warm-up mats and they would be drilling the entire day. They would drill, drill, drill. And then one of them would be called for their match. They would go do the match and they would get right back on the mats and they would drill, drill, drill. These guys became notorious for their work ethic. They're also notorious (laughs) For not tapping to joint locks. There's a couple of insane matches where they just do not tap to leg locks. Um, and in 
this video, or excuse me, in this post that Paulo posted, he posted the picture of his match versus Ty Rotolo from ADCC. It was the third place match, and he ended up winning that match on points. But near the end of the match, Ty caught him in a very deep knee bar, and his leg gets completely hyperextended. It is an absolutely disgusting photo. I sent it to a bunch of people, even people that don't train jiu-jitsu, just so they could see, like, I mean, it's just a gruesome photo, right? Uh, but anyways, in this post, you know, legend of a guy, right, competed in multiple ADCCs, world champion, yada, 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 right? He is talking about how and kind of why he has stepped away from competing. Because he used to compete, him and his brother used to compete every single month. They were the most active competitors. But they've kind of walked away from it. And one of the reasons is, is because they just finally realize, like, they're not being paid what they feel like they are worth. And they can make money in so many other ways now doing jujitsu, Particularly through teaching, owning an academy, and one of the things they talked about was just like, if you can just open up an academy and get 150 paying students, you can make a decent living. If you learn how to teach and you can teach well, well, then you can start teaching instructionals or you can, um, you know, like start your own platform where you're teaching people. If you can sell yourself, well, then you can sell merchandise and you can sell instructions. So those are the things that they're really focused on. And I feel like they, or at least Paulo, had been disrespected because he brings up, and he didn't name the organization or the promotion that offered him this, but that an organization offered him $1,000 to show, and then if he won, he would also get another $1,000. And it kind of felt like he felt like he had been slapped in the face. That he was like, look, guys, I have given him. I mean, that second picture where again, Ty Rotolo is just completely hyperextending his leg. He's like, look, guys, I have given my life to jujitsu. I have competed against a who's who. I've won about everything you can. And still, in 2024, one of these major promotions are only, they're offering me $1,000 to show up. And the total prize, even if I won, I would only get another $1,000. Like, that's just. That's not worth it. Why would I do that? There are just so many better ways that I can make money. And I've kind of fallen out of love of competing with competing. And I completely agree, you know. And I, I've talked about in the past about the reasons that I don't compete. And I always joke, you know. And I, I maybe I've told you guys, but I always joke with my guys. I'm like, look, guys, if I showed up to compete at one of these events and the stadium was full or you know there was a thousand people there and there were all these you know there were models and there were just you know rich people and people that had paid good money to watch me perform and after I competed you know there were <laughs> you know just there was like a just a great atmosphere and the promoter was taking me out to like five-star restaurants and you know, models were hitting me up on Instagram. They were fans of mine's and they were, you know, just stuff like that. Like I would be trying to compete if I was getting paid 10 G's to show up and do my thing. Like, dude, I would still be competing. But the most I ever got paid, and I'm nowhere near the Meows level or some of these other guys' levels, but the most I ever got paid was like for four or $500, just a couple hundred bucks, right? And I got paid that a couple of different times for winning or a couple times to show. But 
it was never money, like life-changing money or never money that I could live off of, right? Like it was always just like, kind of like an expenses, right? Like, hey, here's money for the expenses. Uh, and maybe, you know, you can get a really nice steak dinner uh, when you get back. <laughs> but it was never anything like, man, you know, I can pay rent this month or I can buy a car or nothing like that. And showing up to a gym and it's really just 20 people there and most of them are middle-aged men and most of your fans are going to be middle-aged men and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of great dudes in jiu-jitsu and there's a lot of people that follow the podcast that are over the age of 30. But when I was young and I was a 25-year-old, it's like, nah, like I kind of wanted the Instagram models <laughs> following me and sending me messages and that's just not the reality of the sport yet. Um. And so to hear Paulo, you know, in 2024, like a guy that has accomplished so much more than myself and more than 99% of competitors out there, that he's still dealing with the reality that he's really, I mean, he's getting offered $1,000 to show up. And he's getting offered $1,000 like to win. It's different if you're getting offered $1,000 to show up and compete and then if you win you get a 10k bonus or you get a 20k like that's completely different that's the type of thing where it's like man again if that was my like oh i got a chance at 20 g's but i'm already getting paid a thousand on top and you're flying me out and uh you know you're taking good care of me like that's a whole nother ball game but most of these promotions aren't doing that now, I know a handful of people that have competed for WNL. And I remember one athlete in particular that I was talking about, or I was talking to, and we were talking about uh, his upcoming WNO match. And I was just really intrigued by what he was getting paid. And so I was kind of like, hey, like, what are they offering you? Like, what's it like competing for WNO? Um, and like, how much are they paying you? And he was like, oh, well, they're paying me $900 to compete. And I was like, $900? He was like, yeah. And I was like, are they flying you out? And he was like, yeah, they're flying me out, $900 in a hotel room. And I was like, well, how much do you get if you win? He was like, no money to win. It's just 900 bucks flat plus the flight and hotel room. And I was like, damn. You know, This is one of the premier organizations. And I mean, $900 just isn't a lot especially when you're talking about doing a 15-minute match against another killer. And so so I look at what it's going to take to rise to the top or to get athletes like the Meows back in or to get athletes competing for a long time and risking their bodies and their health for a long time. It's going to take, obviously, money and the opportunity to build a brand. And some of the guys... They do a poor job at building their own brand, right? Like there's times they do get opportunities and they do get some spotlight, but some of these guys just really struggle in front of a camera or they really struggle just creating content and they're just not very personable. And some of these guys kind of shoot themselves in the foot. But then you do have true stars of the game. I mean, Gordon Ryan, there is no doubt about it. He is a star. Craig Jones, Nicky Rod, the Rutolos, those guys have a platform and they can make money even if they never compete again because they use their platforms and um, they won, they put on exciting matches and people 
enjoy following them and they've got a true fan base. But again, like 2024 professional jiu-jitsu. It's wide open. If I was ranking the promotions right now based off of kind of like what promotion is going to give you the biggest platform, what promotion is going to pay you the most, which promotion do you have the opportunity to make the most money after you compete for them, I would say ADCC still has to be number one. But the thing about ADCC is it's every two years. And so it's just really tough. It's going to be really tough for them to keep that mantle much longer, I believe. Because these leagues and these promotions that are putting on more frequent shows are going to take over. And athletes are going to start seeing. I mean, I know people already call like the ADCC the Olympics of our sport, but it truly will be that. Like it'll be something that, yes, you want to have it on your resume, but there are going to be promotions that are way more important to athletes than the Olympics. Take the NBA, right? These guys dream of representing their country, right? Like it is their goal to represent the United States or represent whichever country they were born in and to go out and win a medal, perform and compete well at the Olympics and win a medal. But at the same time, if they had to choose, you can only compete in the Olympics or the NBA. I mean, it's a no-brainer. The NBA is where they make their money. That is where they get played millions and millions and millions of dollars. I would be very interested right now with the Rutolos because Cade Rutolo just competed for 1FC. And 1FC has has been uh, very, very well for a couple of jiu-jitsu athletes, particularly the Rutolos. And Cade just competed and had a phenomenal performance against... Uh, Lang- Tommy Langecker and he ended up winning and he got another $50,000 bonus so I think 1FC has paid the Rutolos like $300,000 plus dollars to compete and they've had I think a total of like 6 or 7 matches between them and so I'd just be really interested to ask the Rutolos like okay Never, like you have to choose one. You can never compete at ADCC again or never compete at 1FC again. Which one would you choose? Because ADCC is once every two years. So while ADCC, like if they win their division, they get $50,000, but they got to go win a tough division. Like Ty didn't, he did two divisions. He did the 88 kilogram division as well as absolute. And he didn't win either one. So he did not make the big, he did not win $50,000. Now, Kate, on the other hand, ended up winning the 77 kilogram division by beating Mika in the finals. So he got paid really well. But again, that's once every two years where one FC is bringing them out a couple of like two times a year. And so you just would have to think that if it came down to it, they would choose one FC because they're getting paid more money and they're getting paid regularly. A lot more regularly than ADCC is going to pay them. I think athletes, like that's what we need. We need more and more athletes in that situation. Where they're not having to wait once every two years. That's one shot. Just imagine, it's like that's like the, the heartbreaking thing about the Olympics. Is you see these athletes, and I'm not talking again about the, the soccer players and the basketball players. and the, the, I'm talking about the athletes that are in these niche sports like swimming. Like those swimmers, they have it one shot like every four years to really truly make a name for themselves. And you saw guys like Michael Phelps like 
what he was able to do or Usain Bolt, like those guys that like are in these kind of niche sports that people don't really follow outside of the hard, hardcore fans. And they took the Olympic opportunity and they crushed it, right? They made themselves legends and they both Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt have made well over a hundred million dollars in sponsorships and just opportunities that the Olympics created for them. ADCC, again, like a couple of athletes are going to be able to do that. But they, again, you have to wait once every two years. You got to win a bracket of with 16 or 15 other badass people in there. Like that is so hard to do. The Rotolers are just going to do in one match. In this last match, I mean, Cade didn't even submit Tommy Langacker and still got a $50,000 prize. And so that's what the athletes need, and I think that's what they're looking for. And so we have one FC, right? But they only have a couple of athletes. UFC Fight Pass Invitational, they're trying to become a huge part of grappling. They're trying to take over the game. I'm really intrigued with the PGF. The PGF to an IAGA, AIGA out of Kazakhstan. I'm really intrigued by what both of those promotions are doing. Now, obviously, IAGA was a huge breakout star in 2023. They, uh, I think a lot of people were, were really blown away by their promotion and what they were able to do. I thought their... Um, all the events they ran last year were, were very professional, uh, super interesting and exciting matches, really showcased different grapplers from all over the world. Um, I like the format. I like the rule set. The prize money was crazy, and it seems like the prize money for this upcoming year is going to get even crazier. Guys are super excited to do it, and it's definitely going to be uh, – a major player going forward. But the PGF is is on to something. And I think it could, could rise to the top. Now, the thing about the PGF that is different from all these other promotions, the thing that I love about it for athletes is it provides athletes with multiple matches over the course of a week. Now, this is something I've been trying to tell our athletes about, um, you know, and really, especially like the white belts. I, I was having this conversation with one of our white belts before he competed this past weekend, and it was his second competition. And I was just telling him, look, the, the crazy thing about like the NBA or some just the greatest players of all time, if you just look at LeBron James, LeBron James has had a couple of, not a couple, he has had tons of absolutely horrible games throughout his career every season he has multiple games where he's not the best player on the floor where he has bad games where he goes out there and shoots four for 18 and just has a bad game but then the next night lebron will go out there and put on an absolute master class and he will put on an inspiring performance that will leave you in awe like he'll just do something out there that you just can't believe is humanly possible and it's because he gets 82 opportunities every regular season to showcase his game and the majority of the time he's balling out and he is the best player 
of this generation and he proves it but again if we just took one random sample size and we chose one lebron game game to show every year what if it was just the bad what if it happened to be the bad game and so if you had these people that had never seen the nba and you just showed them a random one random lebron game every year they might think he sucked they might think like oh man that was that guy shooting 18 shots he's only made four of them this other guy over here this other guy, like, oh, he, he's shooting a way better percentage. Like, he's, he looks like he's way better than LeBron. And that's what I've always loved about the PGF is every season you get to see a grappler truly showcase his or her skills. Because they just get so many opportunities. And that first day, you'll see some guys really get shell-shocked they'll just have very poor performances they'll get beaten three matches submitted in all three of their matches and they'll be just depressed i mean this past season especially like being out from behind the booth like when i was behind the booth i was pretty <laughs> i was pretty segregated like i was pretty like just outside of the event you know it was like me and Lindsay in the booth we were there for five hours we'd get done and we'd kind of just secretly leave right like we were just peopled out talked out and we would just go but this season being one of the team managers I, I was around the guys and I was on the sidelines and I saw the heartbreak especially that first day guys that were like man you know as a competitor I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna kill it I'm gonna showcase my stuff I'm gonna show that I should have been picked higher I should have been paid more and then they got dominated they went out there and lost all three matches and Multiple talks with with a couple of the guys, and one guy in particular, Paul Bari. I was like, "Look, Paul, you've got your best matches ahead of you. Let's just clue, like forget about today. You had a really tough first day, so let's just forget about it. You have nine more matches. You're going to get some really good highlights. You're going to get some good wins." And he ended up doing that. You know, and it was really cool to see his confidence grow, and he started to get better from match to match. And he had a couple of amazing performances this last season. But if you just saw his first, or let's say he just had one match, because if he lost, he's out. Well, his week would have been a disaster, right? Like, he wouldn't have even had a week. He just would have lost the first match. We all would have went, look, there's another blue belt. He's not as good as the black belts. Why is he even here? He doesn't belong. But instead, again, you know, you give him multiple chances, and he showcases some really, really good jujitsu and has some really tough, gritty performances with some beautiful technique thrown in there. And so the athletes have a chance to tell their story and the, and the fans have a chance to watch that story. They have a chance to watch the growth. They have a chance to watch their performances and to truly get to see how good they are. They get to see the weaknesses and the strengths and from season to season, you hope to see growth. And that's the thing I think that a lot of people get most excited about when if you're like a true sports fan. It's the growth from season to season. And so I want to see a regular jiu-jitsu league that brings back, um, you know, that's best and most popular guys and most exciting guys. And I want to see those athletes improve from season to season i want to see them get better and better results i want to see their storylines develop i want to see their growth as a person their growth as a martial artist and the pgf is our best bet for that 
as someone that loves team sports and again loves the season aspect of team sports this is what we've been missing we have been missing this type of promotion and what the pgf was missing was somebody that believed in them and somebody that uh somebody like zoltan you know and zoltan He's a crazy dude. I'll let you guys look him up. I know Brandon kind of introduced him. And if you're a big music fan, especially a fan of heavy metal, you'll have heard of Five Finger Death Punch. He is the head of that band. Um, But yeah, Zoltan, um, he spent a week down at the PGF and he fell in love with the format. He believed in it. And so he joined the squad. And again, what him and his wife plus Keelan Brandon are doing, it really makes you wonder what? are the possibilities for professional grappling especially when you get somebody like zoltan and his wife involved is this thing going to go mainstream are we going to hit espn or is this going to be aired with like the ufc like are they gonna have the pgf finale on a ufc card right it's like the main event like hey we're going to do the semifinals and finals kind of like a one card but instead they're gonna have grappling like who knows you know wouldn't that be insane now, here are the pitfalls, though, and these are the things that, I, you know, as somebody, again, like, that was there in the beginning, um, that's watching it grow like it is, and that obviously is <laughs> a huge nerd about grappling. These are the thing, the biggest thing that I would really tell the PGF guys is the first and the number and the only thing that matters, right, is the fan experience. You have to put on exciting matches. You have to put in exciting matches, and the production has to be top quality. It's the only two things that matter. I don't even think the names matter. I don't think you need stars just yet. Like, I don't think having Gordon compete, like, I don't think it matters that much. And the PGF kind of showcased that. Like, I, I was actually kind of blown away about how exciting two young, hungry purple belts competing like can be. People love the underdog story. People love seeing the blue belt versus the brown belt, the purple belt versus the black belt. They love seeing the no-name guy come out and try and slay the named guy. And so you got to make sure that you're getting the right athlete. And that can be tough because I think especially the bigger an event gets, the more pressure there is to bring a world champion, the more pressure there is to bring only black belts, the more pressure there is to bring a certain type of jujitsu athlete. And that's what most of these shows do. If you look at the top promotions, they kind of just recycle and use the same guys. But clearly some of these guys... No offense to them, but people don't want to watch them grapple. There's a reason these shows aren't growing, and I think it is because they're choosing the wrong athletes. Some of these athletes, just because they've won IBJJF title or even an ADCC title, doesn't mean people want to watch them grapple. Now, I might say something kind of offensive if you're a huge basketball fan, but the honest truth is, a guy like Tim Duncan. Now, Tim Duncan played for the San Antonio Spurs. He is, I think he was a five-time NBA champion, but multiple-time NBA champion. Like I said, I think he was five-time. One of the greats. But he never had a following like the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans and the even Tracy McGrady's. Tim Duncan is so much better. And if you were a owner of a team and you had to start a franchise like you would never pick Tracy McGrady 
over Tim Duncan, other than Tracy McGrady sells more jerseys than Tim Duncan. Tracy McGrady might bring more fans to the stadium because he's exciting, and Tim Duncan wasn't. He was known as big fundamental. His game wasn't sexy, but damn, was he good. But he clear like the like I think the longer that Tim Duncan like hasn't played, and the, like the longer he's been retired, the lower he's going to go down the all-time ranking list. I remember when Tim Duncan just retired. When you looked at the body of his work, he was in everyone's top 10 greatest of all time basketball players list but as he uh, as the years have passed since his retirement I feel like he's like slowly keeps dipping like more and more guys keep getting put above him and while people can look at the numbers and go yeah he had great numbers they just don't remember any iconic Tim Duncan moments it's not like Kobe Bryant where you can remember the 81 point game or when he scored 63 against the Mavs in just three quarters and sat out the fourth the feud with uh, you know him and Shaquille O'Neal him chasing Michael Jordan him tearing his Achilles so many iconic Kobe Bryant stories and every player's got a Kobe Bryant story and nobody got a Tim Duncan story seriously nobody's got Tim nobody remembers a Tim Duncan highlight you don't remember a moment when him like banking it off the back that's what he did right and that's what I would say to the PGF guys there's just athletes that are going to be forgotten they're just not memorable they don't put on memorable matches they just they don't have a good whatever it is they just don't have it and you have to identify those athletes and you have to make sure that they get the priority, that they're the ones being brought in. And there are 17-year-old purple belts out there that are going to put on better matches than a lot of these black belts. There are 17-year-old uh, you know, blue belts that are going to put on more exciting matchups, more exciting matches than some of these black belts. And so you need the right mix of guys. At the same time, I can think of a bunch of black belts that are perfect for the PGF. The Rutolos, in my mind, when I think of the PGF, I think of Cade Rutolo. I think of Ty Rutolo. Unfortunately, yes, I've already said they are signed to 1FC with, on an exclusive contract, but damn, they would be the perfect athletes for the PGF. But that's just not going to be in the cards right now. But I think of athletes like even like Ethan Krillinston or Dorian Olivares, Oliver Taza, who is an absolute warrior and loves to go out and test himself. He puts on exciting matches. He's always going for the kill. Um, I think he's great. Uh, Max Hansen, I think he is phenomenal. But then there's a bunch of other no-name guys. Um, I like P.J. Bart's not a no-name guy, but P.J. Bart's an absolute killer. One of the best guys, a submission hunter, can wrestle, can pass, can play legs, can do it all. He um, is a perfect candidate for the PGF. But then there's other black belts um, that I have a tough time. Like, you know, you, you would really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't invite him. You know, a guy like Wagner Rocha just he's not exciting i don't want to see wagner in the p he's not pgf wagner will play and take the easy way like he'll he'll play back or he'll just shoot for one takedown or he'll play very boring to get the better of a match right and that's not what we need we need six minutes of going after the kill is Nikki ryan pgf i don't know 
You know, Nicky Ryan's been up and down in his career. He's had exciting matches, but he's also had some really boring matches. Would would Nicky Ryan even make it through a PGF season? I don't know. I don't know if his body could hold up. And so those are just two high-profile names that I would be very aware, like as a promoter, whereas like those guys, I'd be like, man, I, I don't know about these two. So we'll be interesting to see. And the other thing is we got to have the production done right. I watched Enigma's Quintet. They put on a, a really cool, it was a really cool idea. Four major uh, sub-only promotions, Sapatero, Finishers, Midwest Finishers, and Enigma each made a team of athletes that have competed at their shows, and they did a quintet. A lot of talent featured. $30,000 prize pool, um, really stacked teams, but the production was terrible. I mean, I paid for the pay-per-view. So I feel like I can complain a little bit since I did pay $20 for the pay-per-view. And the audio wasn't very good. Um, the commentary was great. I mean, Jay Rogobuto did it. Jay's the man. But the actual audio just it wasn't very good. The, camp, like the, the quality of the feed wasn't very good. It stalled out. It just wasn't a good show. When you're asking people to pay $20 and you're asking people to take you seriously as a professional organization, you just can't have that happen. It can't look like it was shot in 2007. You know, it's got to look modern. It's got to look like it's 2024, you know. And that's the thing about Aiga. Like, Aiga, I thought production wise was absolutely fantastic. The commentary with obviously Brandon, who is one of the three or four best commentators in the world right now, plus um, you know the production, uh, the camera uh, shots and everything. It was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So, oh, yeah, I mean, like Quintet, in my mind, even though they had exciting matches, there weren't a lot of finishes, and plus the production wasn't very good. Like, it'd be really tough. Like, if Enigma did another show next month, it would be really... T it, I wouldn't buy the event. And I love supporting Jiu-Jitsu, um, but I just... I wouldn't buy the event. I'd be like, I don't know. It just wasn't that great an experience this last time. Didn't feel professional. Not a lot of submission finishes. Uh, you know, again, there were some exciting matches, but if it doesn't finish in the submission, like... Uh, UFC cards. You want to see finishes, right? You want to see guys get dunked on. And the PGF has done a great job of having like really like talented grapplers plus getting guys that are getting dunked on, like bringing in guys that are going to get dunked on. And you need that, right? We need, like in the NBA, you need teams that aren't very good. And you need super teams. So then when the not very good teams beat the super team, like it's a big deal. But you also need those teams that's like, damn, they're a juggernaut. And so, yeah, I'll be excited to see what's in store for the PGF. I know Brandon is constantly making moves. He's constantly on the phone, calling people, doing meetings, and I, you know, who knows what's next. You know, I feel like Brandon and Keon at this point, I mean, they're on a whole other different planet than I'm at. <laughs> So, um, I feel like a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm right with you guys just hearing the news as it comes out because, again, those guys are, 
all over the place. They're constantly traveling and make get, taking meetings with these this huge company or that huge company. Or I mean, they've met, met with the UFC multiple times. I'm like, dude, how has two just dudes from Alabama like done this? You know, it's it's crazy. How did you get a rock star to join in? And like, Zoltan is. I mean, that's probably the thing he's like most excited about right now in his life. At least that's what it seems like, which is super cool. But uh, anyways, the PGF, three months. So I believe that season's coming out in April. Like April 21st is the start, and it's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be a week long. Same format as last season. I know they're going to change a couple of the rules to promote more exciting matches just to make sure there's not any stalling because this last season there were definitely two or three matches that could ruin a show like you just cannot have matches like that i know they're also like thinking about um a couple of other things to like do for um the winning team or the winning coach and yeah it's crazy now the crazy part uh, the other crazy thing that i haven't even talked about is the coaches i mean brandon and Zoltan, I've gotten Eddie Bravo, Jeff Glover, Andre Galvao, and Hajar Gracie. Those are the four coaches. Last season, it was Zoltan and his crew and Jeff Glover, me, Nakaya, and Jackson Spry. Like, you talk about an upgrade. Hajar Gracie. And last season or two, it was kind of like one of those moments where it's like, I like the PGF has probably outgrown me, you know, like it's Matt's got like, I served my purpose. I did commentary for, you know, three, four seasons. And then obviously I coached last season, but you know, it's kind of, it's, it's ready for the bigger stage, you know, and the days I think of me and Lindsay and Nakaya doing a lot of the stuff, you know, I think that that's past, but yeah, I mean, those are the four coaches Hajar Gracie, maybe the GOAT, definitely in the top three, really the top two. Like he, it's him, Marcelo, Gordon, Hoffa. So we'll say, yeah, top four, but a lot of people have Hajar as number one. But Hajar, here's the thing about him he doesn't do much with the community anymore. He's very quiet, he keeps to himself. He, um, He's in the shadows, man. Where has he been? He kind of retired. And he, he doesn't come out with a lot of material. He doesn't have a big YouTube presence. He's, he's a quiet guy, and he's kind of retired. You know, He's got his academies in uh, the United Kingdom. But outside of that, I mean, people haven't heard from Hodger in a long time. So the fact that he's going to be one of the coaches and they're going to be doing um, or getting content with Hodger Gracie, I mean, to me, that's worth the... <laughs> That's worth the $30, you know, if they charge $50 pay-per-view, just the fact that they've got those coaches and one of them being Hodger on there is almost worth the price right there. So I'll be excited to see just those four in themselves. I mean, Eddie and Jeff Glover, two characters, right? And then Andre Galvao and Hodger, who, I mean, Jeff's a legend too, but I mean, Hodger and Andre are like, Andre's in that like top 15 of all time, probably top 10. He's probably, in my mind, he's probably like 7, 8, 9, 10, like in that range of greatest of all time. But Hodger, yeah, to me, he's like 1, 2, or 3. So, yeah, we'll see. 
I'm interested to see who they pick and just how all that goes down. And I know a lot of the coaches, uh, from what Brandon said, are super excited to pick a team. Like that's the thing Andre Galvao is most excited about is like doing the draft. And any sports fan, like, dude, we all love a draft. We all love the combine. We all love picking and just being able to kind of customize and do things. And like that was like a thing I really enjoy. Like I love just like picking my team. I'd have been nice to not have epic role there, to, so it could have been a little bit more even, you know. And we could have had a, a little bit more fair draft, but alas, they were there. But uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how all of that plays out. But where do you guys think professional jiu-jitsu is growing? I'm really hoping, like more than anything, though, you know, all the stuff I've said about the PGF, and uh, more than anything, I'm hoping the PGF does have multiple shows this year if the pgf can have three plus shows it will be a huge 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 success this year until next time guys i love and appreciate you peace